Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world, we round the net. So get ready and get set. Cause we make it look easy, no sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Oh, yeah. Welcome to another episode of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Your inner geek's not uh, as questionable today, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> For various reasons that we will leave to the imagination. Or not, depending on how editing you know, goes. <laughs> depending on how the editing goes, <laughs> if these things happen. <laughs> oh, okay. Patreon shoutouts. Let's Woo-hoo. start there. Shouting out to Patreon. Thank you, Patreon, for existing. All right, moving on. No. Moving on. <laughs> uh, of course, we have our shout outs for Nicole, Nate, Stephanie, Timothy, David, John, Don, and Matt. Thank you very much for supporting us over on Patreon at a level for a shout out. And of course, we want to thank everybody that is also still supporting us over there. But uh, did not want a shout out. So we appreciate all of you and you allow us to continue producing this quality podcast. I'll let you guys decide if I used air quotes or not. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't. (laughs) All right. So general. I'm going to throw out. Throw out general like I'm not allowed to do it. Okay, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to throw out a thank you to uh, Agent Palmer. Mm Mm-hmm. If I had known it was this easy, I would have done this more often. I told a man to go listen to the podcast, and he went and subscribed. Now, if I can just find 25,000 more people to do that, too. So this is your test. All right. So you said you subscribed. You didn't know when you were going to start listening. When you hear this, let us know. And if we never hear from you, we will know. And it's good to know that Stephanie is safe and sound and, and, and still commenting. So here you go, Stephanie. If you want to know what the queue looks like, you know we talked today. Here's the comment back. And when this comes out, you'll know. It is back up on Twitter. <laughs> All right. It's kind of like a pen pal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a few weeks delay in between nope, each nope. conversation. There you go. I uh, did want to mention in general something that we've uh, recently started and would like to get going and off the ground. And that is the All Us Geeks Facebook discussion group. So we have our page. Did you say disgusting group? No, discussion. Oh, discussion. I mean, huh? the time will tell. <laughs> so we have our regular Facebook page. And for those who are aware, there's pages and groups on Facebook. And pages are usually more like the announcey, you know, we've got a new episode, that kind of stuff. But Facebook groups are kind of where more discussion and interaction happens. So um, I would love to see uh, that start to grow because right now, Jordan and I are talking to ourselves, (laughs) 
but I will put that in the show notes. And of course, if you are over on the Facebook page, I believe I posted it at least once, but we'll post it more. Try to get people to sign up over on the Facebook discussion group. And that's places where we, you know, you can interact with us and uh, things like when Jordan asks for feedback, it's a good spot. We can maybe post it there or uh, you want to recommend a game for us to t- check out stuff like that. Or just generally general conversation. Us, yeah, uh, just like as all the masses do. <laughs> we are swamped. Yes, but we will make the effort to talk to each of you individually. Yeah. Basically, um, you know, we've always said that this is this podcast is us sitting around the gaming table. We're inviting you to the table because we'll have those same conversations with you on Facebook if you so desire. So, <laughs> yeah. And besides that, I mean, life is getting busy right now. There's a lot of cool things coming up. By the time this comes out, some of them will be done. But uh, Protospiel Mini at the end of the month here, I'm going to head out to. Uh, that's going to be at Mugshots. My friend Matthew Wyatt is uh, the one that kind of runs that one. Uh, I got a game design panel at New Game Appalooza. Speaking of Matthew Wyatt, I'll be on that panel with him. Uh, and then, of course, Protospiel Madison is in October, and I'm looking forward to that. Plus, the day prior, the Thursday before, is CrafterCon with a lot of good panels. So I'll be heading out. I want to check out almost all the panels I, I kind of want to sit on off and on. So, And then, of course, testing games. That's all I had for general. Anything you want to I think else? my bit. <laughs> okay. All right, so game review. Tonight, we're going to be looking at, technically, I guess the name is Disney Villainous, but everybody usually just calls it Villainous, uh, by Ravensburger. Again, who's kind of knocking it out of the park recently, with, uh, and especially since they're doing a lot of IP stuff, but I've been enjoying a lot of their stuff. And uh, designed by Prospero Hall. Now, this is the thing I looked up, because I was like... That's a familiar name. Right. So, okay, here's here's the deal. So I'm like writing down the designer and I'm like, wait a minute, did we already do villainous? You know, with that whole conversation we've already had a couple yes. times. But the name, I was like, no. So then I look, it's like, so Jaws. Okay. That's, yes. So we did the Jaws and their horrified game, the Funkoverse stuff. But here's the deal. So I'm like, God, that's interesting that this one person is kind of divine, d- designing all this stuff. And so I looked it up. Prospero Hall is not a person. It's a collective. Oh. So uh, out of uh, Forest Prusen or Prusen Creative, that's their their collective where they want a bunch of people and a bunch of diverse things happening and, and getting multiple looks at things. So they design under Prospero Hall when they use that collective approach. Cool. So I thought that was it because, yeah, I was like, man, I was like, I, I clicked over to to the design page and I was, I was like, really? They did all of He or she did all of that, you know? I'm like, no, it's a, it's a collective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was my little bit of trivia that I looked up today. I thought that was interesting. All right. So Disney Villainous, if you can't tell by the name, <laughs> it's all or it's a collection of villains from the Disney universe, right? So we'll talk primarily. So there, there are two expansions out for the game uh, that pretty much don't really change anything for the game. There might be a few extra tokens here and there, but it's just adding more villains from all of the villains that Disney can call upon, the Disney IP can call upon. So for the base game, you actually you get six villains. Uh, you can play as Captain Hook, Jafar, Maleficent, Prince John, Queen of Hearts, or Ursula. So those are the villains that you can choose from. Everybody will choose a villain. 
everybody gets their own storyboard, which basically has the actions that that villain can take. You'll get a set of cards that are specific to your villain that you get to draw upon, and you get a fate deck, uh, which is specific to your villain that the other players can look at and try to choose cards to mess with you. Everybody plays a little bit different. Most of the general actions are the same, but like your win condition and what your cards can do and how they interact are different by villain. Basically, on your turn, you're going to move your pawn to a new location. You can't stay in the same location twice unless you happen to have a card that allows you to. For some reason, I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen one yet, but I'm assuming somewhere along the lines that may come up. Prince John doesn't. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, so you move to a new location. That location typically has up to six, maybe some of them have up to six. I think Ursula had a bunch on one of hers, but none of mine had more than so four uh, to six, usually four to six, something like that. And then when you're on that spot, you can take any of the actions there. uh, You can take all of them or as little as you want to, because there are some things that might be on a location that you're not, maybe you're going because you want to collect the extra power but you really don't have a card to move around, you know, stuff like that. Um, And power is how you pay for everything that pretty much that you want to do. So you're collecting power as you go along, uh, and then you're spending that power when you get the actions to play cards. Uh, And again, that's by moving around. So the other thing is, again, since you can't stay in the same place twice, you've really got to kind of plan out when you're going to take certain actions because if you've got it blocked and you really need it that next turn, you're either going to have to find another location that gives you maybe a suboptimal version of that, or you're going to have to plan that you're coming back uh, after you move uh, your pawn. So again, you get uh, the villain deck, which is a deck that you pull out of. You get the fate deck, which is the deck that's kind of used against you, but also uh, may be part of your win condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may need one of the heroes out of your fate deck on your board so that you can defeat them for part of your win condition. And then again, you got your your board, which has all your actions. And then you've got your pawn, which is a little plastic, overly produced. We'll get to that in a little bit, I guess. But you know, get your your pawn, and then you, there are some, there's a, a cauldron, little plastic cauldron that they put in that you can have all the uh, chipboard. Oh, oh tokens. is that actually in the game? Well, the, remember that little plastic one? Yeah, yeah, that's part of that's part of it. Oh, I, I thought maybe you guys had just gone to a Halloween store. Or something. No, 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 oh, no, okay. not so not the one we used the other night. Oh, the that- one we used originally. Oh, with this with the swirl it was overflowing. I don't remember that, yeah. but okay. So there's there's a yeah, there's a littler cauldron that was in the box. And then you get uh power tokens, which are cardboard uh tokens, uh like chipboard. So those uh go in the cauldron. Uh you get fate tokens, and that's used if you're playing, I think, more than four players. Uh and that's just so that one person doesn't get ganged up. Apparently, four players and under, you can gang up all you want. They don't care. Can you? Can you gang up on no, one person, motherfucker? No, I don't know. I don't uh, think you can. I, I think you're wrong. <laughs> uh, and then you get some lock tokens, which are, again, chip, board. Um, and those are just that some villains on their board uh, have a lock that have a location that starts locked, and they usually have a way to unlock it, unless uh, unlock it so that they can start using it, unless you're Ursula, who can just move the lock around. So she, Ursula's always got one location locked, but she has the ability to ma- manipulate which location that is. So kind of she gets use of the different locations um, right away. Over, whereas some other villain, if that location is locked, it's locked until they do something specific. 
and then it gets unlocked for the rest of the game. And then there's reference cards, uh, which are kind of cool as well. So you get these reference cards that are basically like almost mini rule books in a way. Well, okay, the reference cards themselves are actually just what the icons are. But there's a, a sheet, I can't remember what that's called, uh, that you get it's like a reference sheet for your villain. And so uh, you open that up and it kind of gives you like what's special about your villain, uh, the the specifics of what your win condition is and how, how you get to complete it. And then it, it might also go over some of your cards, um, what's, what to, how to use them, what, what they're in your deck for. So it kind of gives you like a mini guide on playing that villain. Because uh, again, every villain does play differently in that aspect. And then again, the reference cards have the icons and it's, it's the reference cards that have the icons. And then on the back, like a condensed version of how every character, what their win condition is. Right. So you can flip that over and look and say, okay, Jordan's playing Prince John. He needs to collect 20 power. He didn't just have 20 power at the start of his turn. So we know what his win condition is, that kind of thing. And I think that's about it. Yeah. The villain guides. That's what I was trying to think of. Not reference cards, but villain guides. I think that's about it for that. So, um, again, on your turn, you move your token and whatever um, actions are available to you, you take them as you want and you're just trying to get to your win condition. And then at the end of your turn, if you're under four cards, you draw back up to four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of it. I mean, that's that's the condensed version. I mean, it's pretty simple in that aspect. Of course, what actions you get to take and how many of what and um, the fate deck can come out and kind of cover some of your actions and, and that all that interaction uh, is a little bit more. But the base of it is move your token, do what's on the spot you move to, really, and, and try much, to win. Pretty much. <laughs> all right. So from there, um, the components for Villainous, uh, what did you think overall for the components? I think they're pretty well done. I, I think everything's pretty solid for the most part. I, I don't remember the original cauldron, so I, I won't offer an opinion <laughs> on that. But the cards, I'm of two minds on that. It's, uh, I don't know that I like the art, but really? all I looked at was <laughs> King John. And yeah. the, the while I like that story, they're animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then why do you keep picking Prince John? I, see, secretly, well, secretly, you're, you're an animal game lover. <laughs> Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's because of Sir Hiss. That's, that's the <laughs> only thing. No. Um, there, there's just something. I, I don't know if this is just, you know, animated screen caps from the movies or what. There's just something that, that doesn't do it for me. It, it's not a big detractor because I don't spend a lot of time looking at my cards anyways. It's not that deep a game where you're planning. For the most part, you're not planning in reaction to anything else. It's an asymmetrical game. So you're just planning what you're going to do on your next turn. You look at your cards, you do it. Unless somebody takes fate into into their hands. <laughs> so the components are good. The cardboard is good. I'm not keen on the art. I like that the the backside of the cards designs, both the fate and the deck. Uh, the Is it the villain deck? Villain deck yeah. and fate deck. And the fate deck. Uh, their backside designs are very nice. And in terms of a component slash rules combo, the... Action summary cards are very good because they're generic. Like you said, on the one side, it gives you the victory conditions for everybody. Mm-hmm. The, the the action summary, the uh, explanation, I should say, uh, it's not tied to your character. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have all the icons on there, whether you can do it or not. So as you're looking around the table uh, and you see something that's not on your player board, 
you can see what they're going to do with that at any point. So it's cool that it's uh, a generic one on a card that's easily moved around. Or actually, there's a bunch of them. So, yeah. uh, so you're not having to pass around a rule book or look at the back of a rule book all the time or something like that. I think that's a good ad. It's a simple thing, but I think it's a good ad. Yeah. So for, for the most part, pretty good. Yeah. Um, the, the plastic, uh, <laughs> some of it succeeds better than others. King John's head slash crown thing that I'd going on. I'm not sure what. No, it's very abstract at yeah. times. And Radigan's thing from one of the expansions. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, we all kind of looked at it and tried to make sense of it, even knowing what it's supposed to be. It was like, hmm. whereas <laughs> Ursula looks pretty banging. And uh, who was Megan playing last game? Uh, last game, who did she play? Um, somebody oh, she knew was Simba, not Simba. Um, Jeff. Uh, why am I doing this right now? <laughs> Anyways, not Scar. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, not Scar. No, that's exactly who. That's a bad guy. That looks cool. What was going through my head, though, was the fact that she had to beat Mufasa. So I could be like, it's not Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so some of, some of the icons are hitting this. And compared to everything else in the game, yeah, you could say it's overproduced, but it's kind of the big bling for the game. Mm-hmm. So I, I can forgive that one time. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, and I wasn't necessarily saying that is a bad thing. Um, I think it's kind of cool. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's the one big bling. It's the piece you move around the most. So it's chunky. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it's, it's got a good decent. hand feel to it. Yeah. Yep. So I, 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 I do appreciate it. But yeah, some of them are, are very abstract. I don't mind that as much, but it is, I don't know, it is a little weird. I think starting a game, especially now that we've got all the expansions and everything mixed in, it's like, okay, which one of these pieces of plastic is mine? <laughs> Cause I, I can't just tell. All of them at a glance, anyway. At least not me. I don't know. Maybe I'm not as huge a Disney fan as, uh, like Megan. Megan is a huge Disney fan. So she's our our piece collector and and hand handing out the pieces. I don't agree with you on the art though, just because it does come straight from like we've played enough games where art inspired by has just sucked. Well, like I said, <laughs> it, it's more because of the content than the style. It's yeah. Other than Sir Hiss, and every time Sir Hiss comes out, I'm like, ooh, it's Sir Hiss. But other than that, it's like, eh. It's, it, uh, it, it's just, <laughs> it's one of the few Disney movies that I like for the music, but it's one of my least favorite retelling, uh, retelling of Robin Hood. Hood. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so overall, again, all of the different characters, they all have artwork basically kind of straight from, their movies their respective movies and stuff so it's it's not you're not getting the inspired by the only inspired by seems to be the plastic pieces really yeah yeah. (laughs) but the actual art that's in the fate deck and the villain deck is coming from the movies and stuff. so i I like that i appreciate that again megan being the huge disney fan that she is i know she really loves it you know it's it's a, a big boon for her not only that she enjoys the game and and the gameplay seems to be good for her but the fact that it's not, you know, she it's easily recognized because it's straight out of what what she's picturing in her head. So that's kind of cool. So on that end, I, I do like the uh, components. For me, the the original cauldron is the only thing. Uh, it takes up a whole lot of space, but in the box and everything, but doesn't quite hold all of the power tokens with the, which is what is supposed to get poured in there and taken out of. You know, it's supposed to be the cauldron to hold the power. That we're all trying to accumulate. 
Uh, and then, of course, you know, people like me with my fat fingers and stuff trying to grab power. All of a sudden, it's like spilling power. over the side. I know. It's a Hulk smash all day. <laughs> uh, so that's why we kind of, eh, I'm done with that and got the the bigger cauldron that we like, used the other day. So that's the only piece that I'm like, mm, scrap that because it's taking up way too much space. Uh, especially now, again, with the two expansions and trying to get it all into one box, uh, that cauldron had to go. <laughs> uh and plus each of the expansions comes with more power so it was really <laughs> you try to put all the power in there you're done okay so uh mechanics for uh villainous so it's action selection it's not not quite worker placement i don't so this is a non-rondel rondel game so it's not in the shape of a circle but you have to move you can't do the same action twice, uh, and you've only got a certain amount of actions that you can do. So it's your personal rondel, but it's not in the shape of a rondel. Uh, and when you're moving around, you have action selection. So depending on where where you are, you know, you've got a certain amount of different actions that you can take. And I don't know if we've got them. Maybe we should talk about what some of those actions kind of are. So there's uh, simple stuff like gain power. Yeah. And, you know, one, two, three power. There's stuff like play a card because mm-hmm. that's an important thing. Right, you, you don't can. actually get to do anything unless it's on your space. So yep. if you got a handful of cards, but you don't go to a spot where you can play a card, you're still going to have a handful, handful of cards. Of cards. <laughs> there's a delete. Sorry, not a delete. delete. Uh, wow, this card sucks. There's, <laughs> there's a discard. Yep. Uh, Which is the only the only thing that you can do multiple of. So like everything else is if you have the symbol once, you do it once. So if you want to play, if you want to play two cards, you have to go to a spot that has a symbol that has two, two the ability to play two cards. But discard is you can discard as much as you want when you're on that action. And then there's stuff to move heroes or allies, or stuff to move items. Items. Uh, there is take the fate action. Yeah, the fate, which lets you dick around with your opponents. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, activate. Activate a card that you've played. Yeah, and they're not conquest. No, not vanquish. Conquest. Vanquish, yep. which lets you fight a hero in on your board. Yep. Which is important because when heroes come out, not only do they potentially mess with whatever your win condition is, um, or again, they might be part of your win condition. But wherever heroes are, typically they're blocking actions from you. So a spot right. that might have like four actions on it. If the hero comes out, they're probably covering two of those four actions. So now if you go to that spot, you only get two actions until that hero is taken care of. So on your player board, you've got your allies at the bottom of the board towards you. And that'll have, and that that doesn't cover anything. And on the top, it's where heroes go. And on the top and the bottom, you have some combination of these three to six actions. So when Jeff says the heroes come out and cover it up, there's their spot is like outlined on the card and you put them down there. And while the hero is there, you can't take those actions that they're covering. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it's a little bit of that. It's, um, it's also asynchronous win condition, (laughs) which is interesting. You usually have a, you know, asynchronous powers or, or, uh, power or player abilities and all that stuff. But in this instance, it's, it's the win condition. Everybody has a different win condition that they're working towards. So it is multiplayer solitaire. Uh, a big chunk of it is multiplayer solitaire with a little bit of the fate deck that gives you a little bit of interaction with other players, but um, not like full force planning 
I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be able to stop Jordan from getting his 20 power as Prince John. It's, oh, I hope when I, the, one of the two cards I get to look at, if I happen to move to my fate action and select that I'm going after Jordan as Prince John, hopefully one of the two cards I get to look at does something that helps me delay his win so that I can work on my win kind of thing. And then I would say, uh, depending on your win condition and stuff too, it's a little bit of deck management at, at times, uh, depending on who's, you know, yours was power management, when to save it up, when to spend it, because you got to spend power to keep moving forward in the game. Yep. Uh, but you wanted to collect it. I needed certain things out and had to pay for them. So I was not only, I had to manage, you know, my, my deck, getting through my deck to get the cards I wanted to, but also spending and saving power so I could pay for the card, which was an expensive card for me to put out. So just different things like that. So there's a lot of different little things going on, but the interesting thing is like all of the actions like Jordan mentioned earlier are generic across the board. It's just how maybe your cards interact with them and stuff. So all that mishmash of mechanics, how do you think it works in Villainous? I mean, that's, that's a pretty broad set of mechanics we just kind of talked about. It is. And if it was a more interactive game and you had to pay attention to what everybody was doing every turn, it would definitely be a much harder game. Not necessarily better, just harder. Mm -hmm. But since you're really, you're for the most part, kind of just keeping an eye on other players and seeing mm -hmm. if you can pick a moment to to derail something, but mostly concentrating just on yours. Mm -hmm. I, it, it's not as complex as it sounds. Uh, you have a limited number of actions, uh, both in terms of what's on your card and as compared to the, the pool of possible total actions in the game. And at most, you're going to be doing six things in a turn. Uh, and there are some turns where it's just it's either not going to be relevant to do one or it's not going to be advantageous to do one or, uh, you know, for some other reason, there's not going to be a point in doing something. I mean, you're always going to take the power. You're mm -hmm. always going to probably want to activate if you have an activated ability or something like that. But maybe there's no need to go mess with somebody's fate deck right now because they're they're clearly spending the first two hours of the game just trying <laughs> to find the item they need. You know, there's, there's no need to mess with them at that point. or you don't have anybody to fight. So even if you're on a space with a vanquish, you just don't have a fight. So you're not required to do all these things. As you said, you just do what you want. And I think despite the complex sounding series of, of <laughs> actions, it's really not. I think it mm -hmm. all comes together for each individual player to be a pretty tight set of, of mechanics. Yeah. Once, once you kind of, again, you get the, the nice little villain guide and everything. And if you take a, a few minutes to look through, if it's your first time playing that villain, what it is that you're really trying to accomplish, then you kind of get a, a potential focal point where, like you said, I mean, it's like, okay, I, I need these two things. I don't care about the other two, but I really do need these two things to kind of move myself forward in my potential victory condition. So I might go to that spot, take those two actions, whatever they may be. Again, power, play a card. Uh, power, discard, because I'm trying to cycle through my deck fast, whatever. And See, that's, see, that's the... Uh... There are some things that from like, especially as a magic player or a CCG player, some of these things, like I went through my first game feeling like I only played half a game mm -hmm. because I didn't take the time to go look at my cards and mm -hmm. reading the player guide gave me an idea of what I was supposed to do, but I wasn't playing with the knowledge of my full deck. And then for the characters, <laughs> that, yeah. And then the characters that, um, 
like uh, Scar and uh, Ursula. Well, all of them except me last night. Scar, Ursula, and Radigan. They had to mill themselves to get mm-hmm. to where they need to be, and that's for my for my aspect of card playing. It's like really counterintuitive. Your, your deck is a resource to be mm-hmm. cherished and yeah. saved, not just <laughs> oh, burn it to the ground. Because, like, I mean, I, the first time I played, I know I asked like two or three times, yeah, and you're sure it's just a reshuffle, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah no reshuffle. <laughs> oh, okay then. Let's just go to town. <laughs> yeah. So, from from my perspective, the mechanics and villainous uh, again. There's there's a lot that can potentially kind of be going on, like we said, but it's not, it's, it's not, it sounds more complex than it is. It's again, if you're focusing in on your character, you've got a a pretty good idea of, of what you're going for, for your win condition. Uh, you get a general sense of what everybody else is going for. And you just kind of check in from time to time. Like, Jordan, how much power you got over there? (laughs) Uh, Aldrin, buddy. No, (laughs) Megan, uh, how how yeah. many, how much, how yeah. how big is your su- succession deck right now? What kind of points you got? Yeah. And then from there, you you got to make a decision on, you know, if uh, you can take a uh, turn or two more to work on whatever you are. Maybe you, it's time to go to that fate deck spot or whatever. And the gist of everything and the fact that, you know, you got to move around and you've only got so many actions on that spot and you're potentially not taking them all anyway. Usually you're not. I mean, usually we weren't. Usually, you know, you, again, if you don't have everybody to vanquish, you're not going to vanquish anybody. If you don't need to move an item or an ally, you're not going to move an item or an ally, you know, that kind of stuff. So you're taking, you know, two to three whatever actions you need. And they're all explained and they're all up front and they're all, again, generic for everybody. Um, it's it's just, about having the best suboptimal turn every <laughs> turn, but not in a bad way. You know, just you know after one round that you're not going to do everything right? either by choice or by lack of options. Yeah. So it's about having the best non-optimal turn every round. And that also sounds counterintuitive to some people, <laughs> yeah. but that's just what it is. It's not about getting... It's getting the best bang for your buck, not the most. And there is a bit of, I mean, you're you're going to get how to play the game, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. But there is, like you said, not only from the, just, th- there are some counterintuitive things at times to other games you're playing. Like, I don't know, I think this is the second or third time I had somebody like Radigan where I was supposed to go through my deck and I'm like, but I like these cards, mm-hmm. but I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm not using them all right now anyway, or whatever, or, or, okay. So I go and at best, I think I could play two cards a turn, you know, kind of thing. So oh, I can play two cards and I get two more instead of like, all right, let's discard my whole hand, draw up four, get to that thing that's in my deck that I, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it was a little counterintuitive in that aspect. And again, I think I've played two characters that way now where I'm like, yeah, if I would have just discarded more <laughs> kind of thing. And this is one of the few games that I've played where the victory condition procs at the start of your turn. Mm-hmm. Usually it's like at if the you end of a round yeah. or if you achieve yep. it at any point in your turn. But this is like at the start of your turn only. And that saved me. Yeah, that, That's actually what let me win because... I thought for sure Sarah had it in the bag until uh, I, I, you moved her yep, trident. Yeah. Yep. And then that was the whole, I was like, okay, I get, I get one extra turn cause it's not going to be at the start of her turn now. Mm-hmm. So I better make it count, <laughs> which I mean, we could talk, I mean, I guess we can talk about that a little bit in the mechanics as well. So, so far, 
Um, I don't know how you feel, but every time that I've played, because, you know, Megan and I have played it quite a bit, too, and then we've played with you guys a, a few times now and stuff. Like, especially our last game, I thought I, I thought I was out of it. I didn't think there was any way in hell that I was coming close to winning, and then I won it. Mm-hmm. And that's not like, it didn't go, it didn't go swingy. It just felt like I had too much still to do. But even with me winning it, everybody at the table was one to two turns away from winning. I think everybody was one. Yeah. Sarah just needed to get the trident back. I just needed all of y'all to stop picking on me. And Megan had her points. She just had to get back to her back turn. to her turn, which yep. is yeah, which is again why I didn't mess with her. But I went to Sarah mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, she's she's Megan was after me. Yeah. So as long as it's at the start of my turn. And everybody had already messed with you, so I knew you weren't getting hit that game. So Sarah was my 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 competition, which again is interesting because there you know, and I I see a lot of people don't like this from the multiple uh, solitaire uh, side of things, and there is a lot of that. I'm it, it is a lot of you're playing your game again. It's you have your own win condition, you have your own board, you have your own cards. If you do anything, you're doing it with other people's fate deck. And again, you're not doing mass planning. You're just, again, like, I hope I get a card that gets to pull some of Jordan's 20 power off so we can go one more round, you know, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, I happened to, I was like, oh, thank, thank you, Lee. I got the card from Sarah and Sarah's fate deck that moved the trident. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's that. And the only other little bit of interaction there is, is you might have cards that proc off somebody else doing something. Yep. And again, that's not messing with them. That's just gaining for you usually. Yeah. So, you know, again, if, if that, if you don't like that stuff, then yeah, you may not like this game, but I think there's, there's just enough there that I, I enjoy it. And it does, you get to look at two cards, you get to decide what you want to do out of somebody's fate deck. There's enough there that at least I get to make a choice mm-hmm. when I take that option and I get a choice and that kind of stuff. So there's enough there for me to enjoy it for what this game is. Um, and I don't mind the multiplayer solitaire with the small piece of interaction off the side. I, I think it actually works really well in this game. And especially since, I mean, it's a Disney branded game. So I, I'm not, I'm not expecting massive take that, even though it's about all about the villains in, in the Disney universe, but I wasn't expecting Okay, we made we made each other swear. I'm not going to say that nobody swore at each other at the table. <laughs> it happens, <laughs> um, but I wasn't expecting you know how it I as was much. Pissed off because I stopped swearing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for me, I, I I like that piece, and I think that it it works well in the mechanics. And I think the way they folded in so many mechanics in the cards, but kept the foundation into these general actions that we all get to. I, th- I think it, they did a really good job putting this together. I really do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the rules for Disney villainous, um, the rules are pretty good. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> what do we got here? We got like uh, 12 pages, a decent sized book, lots of uh, examples and stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty texty, but I think, the way they've laid it out and the way they've broken it up uh, does a really good job. And again, your your base of your game is pretty easy to understand anyway. Move your thing, take your actions. And so taking up a couple pages to explain each of those actions is a good thing. Uh, and then they also go on to explain like the color coding of some keywords and stuff and what, what they do. So items and conditions, you know, the conditions are the ones we were talking about. So, 
So Jordan, did you just gain three power? Okay, I get to do something then because yeah. you did that. Or an effect which gets to get played right away and discarded kind of things, you know, allies and all these other things. So all these keywords, they spent some time uh, talking about that. They spend time talking about the actions you can take, like when you can activate a card, all that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's done pretty well. And I, I think um, using it uh, to learn the game, we learned it pretty quick. And I had I really had no problems, I think, with, with the rules. What did you think? I mean, this is one of the few games that we've played that I had no desire to read the book. <laughs> Not in a bad way. Uh, kind of dovetailing here into teachability. Mm-hmm. You broke up the game. You taught the game. You referred to the book a couple times, but you'd already played it. Uh, nothing came up that made me go, come on, give me the book. You're clearly misreading something. <laughs> nothing came up that said, uh, Ooh, I need to be stealthy now. Can I have the book? So I don't nah. give away my master plan. <laughs> no, there, there was nothing that made me go from you teaching it. There was nothing that made me go. I have to go read that book. So it makes sense to me. Whereas we have had that in, in other games, you know? Yeah. Um, so didn't need to read the book. I had no desire to read the book because the teachability from your previous experience led into a good learning experience for me. Yeah. And so just, yeah, going into teachability for villainous from my perspective of, of teaching. And I think this is one that, you know, sat down with, with Megan and we kind of learned it together. I, I did some of the initial teaching, but it, she was kind of, you know, again, this is something she's interested in. It's, it's a, you know, she's, she's very much a Disney fan. She had a lot of interest and learned it alongside, but I, yeah, I think after me going through, I think the night before or whatever, her and I wanted to play it, I, I went through the rule book and it was, it was pretty straightforward. And then sitting down with it and playing it, it all kind of clicked. This isn't one, this wasn't really one of those rule books where it's like you've read it and go, oh, I get it. And then you actually get the t- game to the table. It's like, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, clearly, there's this gap right here that I missed somewhere. It all made sense until I tried to do yep. it. But we we didn't have that with this, and and I think even coming out of our our first couple of games with uh, Megan and I, I think after that she was ready to if she needed to show it to somebody, teach it to somebody, she was right there to be. And I and you know when when you guys come over and stuff, I mean she's half you know got everything set up while. <laughs> already while we're talking about it, it was like the first time we were playing yeah everything was down at her end of the table this, this yeah. game and the rules <laughs> questions went to her so yeah. uh i i think teachability is is definitely high here and it's going to be even higher if you've got somebody that is a disney fan all right so replayability slash how many times in a row would you play villainous so replayability uh theoretically <laughs> yeah is quite high there's what, like 10 characters now? A dozen? Yeah, so there's, yes. Um, well, I think there's more than that, isn't it? Yeah, there might be about 12 now. Because I don't know how many came in each expansion, so. Yes. Uh, let's see, there's three in this one, and three in this one, so yeah, 12. 12, okay. 12 now. And each player, or each character, plays very differently from the others. So, at four players, you can play just round robin working your way through the box, if nothing else. <laughs> in actuality, though, replayability for me is maybe a little lower than my enthusiasm might <laughs> indicate. This is not a reflection of the game. Well, it is, but not a bit. Well, okay. It's also going to sound bad. All right. So we talked about it being a multiplayer solitaire game. And for the most part, I generally don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, this is implemented well, but a few times when it was clear that you were not getting where you needed to be. Sarah was not getting to where she needed to be. And we were all, we were all just concentrating on our own boards. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it became very, well, it, it stopped being a, well, it's not a team game, but it stopped being, <laughs> uh, it, it became more of a solitaire game than a group solitaire game at that point. Cause we mm-hmm. were all very much just do, we were, weren't even worrying about fate at that point. The interaction, even from the social standpoint, we, we just weren't talking much either. Cause we were trying to just trying to figure out what we were doing to, to get to where <laughs> we needed to be. And that definitely wasn't there in the first game, but although in the first game, as I said earlier, I was only playing with half an understanding of what I was doing. So, and and so was Sarah. So there, there definitely felt like a little, everybody got a little screwed on their initial shuffle, you know, (laughs) but that's not going to be there every game. But if it does happen, then I probably would just be happy with one in a night. The other thing that's a bit of a detractor for me. Only because it happened really bad to me, this game. And in our first game, I, I worked on Megan really hard doing the same thing. Sometimes the fate deck, it seems like you are not so much trying to aid your win by delaying somebody. You are just trying to aid their not winning. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, if you guys hadn't been pulling the steal from the rich cards mm-hmm. and he'd just been doing other, and no, that card had not come up literally three fucking turns in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, I was done. You know, I, yeah. I had everything, nothing other than literally those three cards, nothing could really impact me. And mm-hmm. last game, the same thing happened with Megan. I put down the one card that really hosed her engine and she had to spend may, way more time working around that. There's nothing in the game that I've seen that is going to break a player. Mm-hmm. Like, well, maybe emotionally, <laughs> but it's not going to be like, <laughs> Oh, this really rare combo has happened and it's auto lose. And you're just going to go through the mechanics. There's nothing like that, but every now and then it just seems like you're doing something not maliciously. It's just that's the best position you're in at that point is to make somebody not win as opposed to do something to help yourself, even though it is hindering. I, it, it's a thin line and I don't know if I'm explaining it right to make <laughs> myself understood, but there's like delaying versus hurting. And sometimes it just felt like there was a hurt more though, more so than a delay. That said, if you don't experience that and you don't end up with this kind of mid-game dead zone where nobody's game is really working well, if you have a really smooth first game, I'd definitely be willing to go into it for a second game. But I think at that point, just on basic game length, I probably wouldn't want to go into a third. Uh, you know, for me, this is like, I think, max two in a row. Okay. Uh, that was a really long answer. For- <laughs> we should, we should, um, I think I, I kind of like offhandedly mentioned it while we were talking, but yeah, in a, in a five to six, so this goes up to six players, at least out of the base. I, I technically, they probably still keep it at six, but really there's nothing stopping you from playing X number, right? It, there's not, no, just as long as you got the cards. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just going to be a longer, it's going to be a lot longer for your turn to come back mm-hmm. around. So that, it would suck past six. <laughs> We've played four. Four, four can get kind of long at times. But anyway, what I was going to mention is uh, the in a five to six player game, they have those fate tokens that I talked about. And what happens with those is if your 
targeted by a fate action, you take the fate token. And now you can't be retargeted by a fate token or a fate action until somebody else has been targeted by a fate action and then they get the fate token. So basically you'd like we we couldn't have hammered you three times in a row in a five to six player game. Well, if not for like literally the one and two <laughs> slash three in twenty each turn. I mean, if <laughs> any one of you don't draw that card, mm-hmm. it's and I'm not complaining because I lost because everybody no, no. was only within one. Yeah. But it was just the three, the three worst possible cards at at that possible moment. Right. Which is going to happen, right? Because we've also gone turns where we've taken fade actions against somebody and we've pulled crap. Yeah. Like, it's like, Two oh, cards I can't, that I can't do, I can't do anything with either of these because this, both of them have to be attached to a hero and we, I don't have a hero yep. out on you or nobody has a hero out on you yet. You know, I so, can see the benefit of that token at like at five, definitely yeah. to prevent the gang up. Uh, I mean, I joke, I didn't really feel like I was ganged up mm-hmm. because at that point, I was the closest. See, that's where it gets a little bit munchkiny too. Mm-hmm. I was the closest to victory, so obviously everybody wanted one more turn. Mm-hmm. So stop the person that's closest to victory. Um, yeah, as soon as I as soon as I figured out I had that air balloon and what that air balloon could do because I had played it like early in the game just to get it out of my hand, mm-hmm. and the fact that it let me skip because I was without that air balloon, yeah, I was you like two rounds of at actions. least yeah two rounds of actions, and I was like ooh. So then at that point, it's like how do I get it back around to me? <laughs> you know, and that's what yep. everybody's thought process is, right? Especially when you're at that point. Cause it's like, like you said, almost, almost all of us had the, at the start of your turn, this needs to be in place. Uh, so I needed a start of my turn to come around after mm-hmm. I'd manipulated everything. <laughs> um, and so I hit you the turn before I hit you when I figured out what the air balloon could do. Mm-hmm. And then I hit, Sarah, because I needed to get past her the next turn because I had set up the air balloon yep. for my win. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, back to um, replayability. <laughs> so from my uh, my perspective, again, technically, uh, I I agree. Uh, there is a lot of replayability in the box. You have the different characters that you can play. You know, and and again, your villain deck is going to come out different. Your fate deck is going to be shuffled up different. The people you play with are going to you know, do different things with the fate deck and do different things, but there's six characters. So unless you're always playing a six player game and you can't play a different character, (laughs) uh, you're going to have some, some difference in play for how many times in a row would I play it? I go easily to two and quite possibly three, but again, it, it, depending on how many players are involved and stuff, um, it does get a little longer with the four players versus say Megan and I sitting down and playing it right as a two player game, something she's enjoying. Yeah. I'll, I'll knock out, you know, three of them in a row or something like that very easily versus in a four player game, two might be it. But if somebody wanted to go a a third time, I I could play it. So theme for villainous. So what do you, what do you think of the Disney theme? Do you feel it's pasted on? Um, (laughs) If we took off all the Disney branding, <laughs> could this be anything else? Uh, maybe. But. It would definitely be interesting what kind of theme somebody. It's an interesting string of mechanics. And I would like to see somebody to try to. I almost want to now. Yeah. Now that we, we just brought it up. <laughs> I almost want to make this almost like a like shadow runny kind of thing. 
like co-op. Oh or, shit! Let's uh, talk to Randall. <laughs> or like you know, co- covert team, covert op teams, like or that kind five of thing. ideas dropped. As so soon as you said Shadowrun. <laughs> anyway, um, but <laughs> I think I mean it's Disney villainous. OUS, I guess. Let's be clear. It's OUS, not ESS. It's not just all the female <laughs> villains. It's villainous. You are you are being villainous, not you are a villainess. <laughs> and my personal feelings about the Robin Hood art aside, everything is there and it is themed to your character. Everything for Ursula is Ursula. Everything for Scar is Scar. You know, I looked at many of the things, even though I've only played John. Uh, everything there is themed to the character. You're, I mean, Ursula has Flotsam and Jetsam. I had Sir Hiss, you know, she had like Timon and Pumbaa and all those people mm-hmm. in the hero deck. And I have such a crappy recollection of the great mouse detective <laughs> or whatever it is. I couldn't tell you if your deck was thematic or not, but it was <laughs> based on what I've played and what I've seen the people around me play. I think it's pretty strongly themed to be very clearly uh, a, a Disney product providing Disney entertainment. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way. Oftentimes I rip on Disney, but not in this case. <laughs> I agree. I think the theme is is very strong. Uh, obviously, again, it, it's nice that all the artwork comes directly from Disney. So that is cool. It, it's, again, not inspired by. It is the art that you are used to seeing if you're thinking of the films and thinking fondly of them. I do also think... Um, it's at least it wasn't Kevin Costner. <laughs> I think I think it's a pretty cool take as well to go the villain route. Yeah. Um, I, which is interesting, right? I mean, you you think of all of these movies and everything, and you just automatically kind of assume you're going to be playing the mains mm-hmm. uh, against the villains, and so to some kind might of, argue you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, because none of those character, none of those heroes are worth anything without a good villain. <laughs> but um. It, it's it's a cool it's cool to be able to kind of do that that twist and and play as the villains. I really enjoy it from that perspective. So I think uh, the theme is pretty high here, and yeah, I uh, I have a hard time while we're playing it. I'm definitely not sitting there going, yeah, this could have been this or this could have been that or whatever. It's I'm playing in the movie, you know, that I'm I'm my villain is working on kind mm-hmm. of thing. <laughs> All right, so fun factor slash overall for Villainous. Contrary to what my last <laughs> block of speech might have sounded like, this is actually, it's a very fun game. I mean, if I was going to give this a number, it would be a solid, like somewhere seven, seven and eight. Uh, it's enjoyable. I definitely want to play it again. I have certainly enjoyed the plays we've had. Like I said, I wouldn't mind doing them back to back. Fun factor, pretty high. Overall, pretty high. I have no regrets having it on our uh, our 10 by 10. Yes, yeah, this that the, that's the fortunate part. So far, we've been lucky with the games that we have not played that we've played for our ten by ten because we're enjoying them so far, which is good because we've committed to playing them at least ten times. <laughs> so yeah, for me, uh, again, the the fun factor and overall fun factor is pretty high. Uh, it it's maybe a little bit higher for me just from the perspective. Again, it's something that I know Megan really enjoys. Was happy that I kind of brought it into the house. So with her being a huge Disney fan, I mean, um, it's definitely one that, uh, you know, it was actually uh, Sarah and Megan that put it on our 10 by 10. It was one of their picks. Mm -hmm. It's cool to have a a game that 
they enjoy and that and that we enjoy as well and, and we can all play together that's always a, a positive overall i i really do enjoy the game for what it is again if you don't like multiplayer solitaire you may want to pass on this one probably maybe um because it is fairly heavy in that but there is some interaction if you're a big disney fan and don't like multi-solitaire eh, maybe play it with somebody somebody else has got a copy or something <laughs> check it out because uh, maybe that's enough for you to get past that or whatever uh but overall we've been enjoying it again it brings so much in with it and so many different things that you can do while keeping the foundation pretty simple so anybody can kind of get into it uh, all the characters play different which is cool uh, again the base game comes with six characters there's two expansions out each one is three more characters so there's a lot to choose from and a, and a lot to play here and of course it being a Disney IP and being as popular as it has been so far, they've got a lot more potential for expansions if they really want Waiting to. for the Marvel and the Star Wars expansions. Yeah, so, and I need the, uh, they're going to have to come out with the mega box at some point. <laughs> the but, bigger, more villainous box. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Um, that is our thoughts on Disney Villainous. We've enjoyed it, so uh, check it out, especially if you're a Disney fan. Okay. What we're watching. So what I'm watching, I finished the first season of an anime called Rising of the Shield Hero. I think I may have mentioned that I was starting it the last time I recorded. Well, I've actually finished it. Leaves it at a good ending. Hopefully there's going to be a second season. They haven't announced that yet. There's plenty of more manga to go, so there's lots of source material. Should they continue? It's people from our world, or in fact, people from multiple versions of our world get sucked into the fantasy realm that to everybody that gets sucked in is presenting a bit like an MMO mm-hmm. because that's what everybody does now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they have to fight off the hordes of ravening monsters. Blah, blah, blah. The twists. Everybody hates the shield girl. Why? <laughs> we don't know, but it's obvious everybody hates him and everybody's trying to sabotage him. But it's a pretty good first season. Said so hopefully there's more. Finally convinced Sarah to convince me to watch. <laughs> Black Spot. So I think we're about halfway through that on, uh, on Netflix. Never one to actually want to finish something that I've started. We then took a break from Black Spot to start Carnival Row. Mm. And since I'm committed to Carnival Row and Black Spot with Sarah, I had to find something to watch when I'm alone <laughs> and I wasn't ready to jump into my next anime. I started watching The Island. Mm-hmm. on netflix I just saw that pop up on my thing yeah which is uh better than it deserves to be <laughs> it's not bad but it's um some of their green screening is just pretty <laughs> pretty questionable they went to the babylon 5 school of cgi no, is that what you're saying? no it, it's not that good uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> never <laughs> And some of the writing, or I don't know if it's the writing or the direction or a little bit of both, but sometimes the actors are like, wow, you just, oh, they gave you some bad lines and you didn't do anything (laughs) to improve them. People wake up on an island, no memory, no indication to why they're there. They're all dressed the same. It's explained. I'm about, I think, at five or six, I don't know how many eps there are in, uh, at, at, at ep four, there's the big reveal. Everything is explained. (laughs) I was not expecting that. And then I'm guessing the rest of this first season, or perhaps only season, depending on how it turns <laughs> out, is them dealing with this new knowledge. Nobody believes it. So, <laughs> except the one person that experienced everything. Uh, I'm enjoying it for the most part. 
there's nobody in there. Well, none of the mains are anybody that I recognize. That's not a bad thing. Um, all the actors that I recognize are some side characters that just showed up in one app. <laughs> um, and they have never been seen again. So there's nothing at all wrong with being a cast full of, to, to me, and who knows, I'm just not, just not hip on what all the kids are watching these days. <laughs> uh, these might be people that other people know, but I don't know them. So I think it's kind of refreshing because this person usually plays this type of character. This person, to, you know, is, he's never the bad guy. She's never the bad girl, that kind of thing. So it's good to see actors with whom I have no expectations. It's, mm-hmm. it's making it a little bit more refreshing than it probably deserves to be. <laughs> And that's, oh, and we went to see uh, it or uh, it chapter two. Nice. Yeah. We have not seen that yet. Okay. Megan and I watched and finished the boys mm. on Amazon prime. We enjoyed it. Megan was fresh into it. She never read any of the graphic novels. In fact, I've got rid of all of them now. So she doesn't have the opportunity, to, <laughs> at least in the house right now. So she enjoyed it just straight up as a show and, and, you know, Carl Urban and everything. So, yeah. I I enjoyed it, and I'm glad that there's going to be a, a second season. But, of course, I read through everything, so I'm like, man, are they just, like, high-leveling and, and fast-tracking so much here that gave me whiplash a little bit at certain points. It's like, well, we're already there? Oh, okay. You know, or, oh, so we're not going to do any of that, or we're just going to, it's just going to be a sentence in passing that this happened over this way or something like, you know, those kind of things, just knowing the source material. But we, we both did enjoy it. So we were looking forward to the second season, which, you know, they announced before the first episode even dropped. So, And then I just, uh, I finished um, Working Moms season two and three because I somehow forgot that season two came out. And then when I saw season three was out, I went, oh, crap, I got two seasons to go through. I like that comedy. I think it's, it's, a, it's a smart and edgy kind of comedy, uh, again, about various moms in, in dealing with being parents and working and their relationships and stuff like that. It's uh, primarily a comedy, but every once in a while, you know, there's some serious, some serious stuff creeps in about relationships or what they're going through or, you know, like postpartum was, I think a big part of season one, that kind of stuff. So I, I, I enjoy that. Uh, I've enjoyed that show so far. No, I don't enjoy postpartum. I enjoy the show. <laughs> <laughs> postpartum. I love it. Amazing. It's, Watch that for hours. No. She's um, just crying and crying and crying. So to stay with dysfunction, uh, I just finished, I think a night or two ago, um, season nine of Shameless was also on Netflix. So I came back from vacation and like half of my my list is all new episode things. So I'm like, holy crap, I got a lot of crap to watch. Uh, so I watched Shameless and I'm interested to see, because they, they did say that they're continuing. So they got rid of one of the mains, which was very, it's been very public. They've done interviews. They've been, you know, they've been talking about it forever. So it was interesting this, this season, like I, I enjoyed overall, but there was like a uncomfortable spot kind of right in the middle that you kind of figured was coming at some point, but it was still kind of uncomfortable to watch a little bit of and, and see how the, the character progresses through it and stuff. And then, then it ended. And again, I'm like, okay, so we're getting another season, but without this one main again, because, you know, they've been very, again, very vocal that she's left, not, you know, in a bad way or anything, but, you know, there's been a lot of interviews and stuff with her and stuff. So I'm interested to see what they do for season 10. I mean, all the other kind of characters are there. I, th- I mean, they've, they've 
half written off two. I mean, <laughs> they've written off one. They've half written off another one that kind of, I'm, I'm assuming is just like on guest appearance status now, uh, kind of thing. But overall I've, I've enjoyed this show. So I'll watch season 10 to see what happens without a couple of the mains. And then, uh, we started watching carnival row. I don't know if we're going to be watching any more carnival row. We got three episodes in, I think. And when, and suddenly Megan wasn't turning it on anymore. And then one night she just kind of looked at me and said, so what do you think of Carnival Row? And that's usually the death knell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm with her. Uh, we, it's, it was not gripping us at all. And that third episode where the, the flashback episode kind of killed it for us. Cause it's like, it was way too soon to do that. Get us invested in the main story. Yeah. I could care less about your work experiences yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, yet. That was, yeah. So I, that may have just killed it for us. I don't know. I will have to, we haven't like officially said we're done with it, but I have a good feeling if she turned, she doesn't turn and ask me that very often. Uh, if it's something she wants to watch and and I'm not around, she doesn't care. So <laughs> to, to actually ask, I think she's kind of looking for permission not to watch it either. So we'll see. Uh, but that's kind of what I've been watching right now. So what we're reading slash listening to, and I'll just go because it's generic again. Now that I'm back, uh, I'm looking at game design books and business and marketing books is what I'm reading right now. I'm just going to lump it all together because I'm kind of going back and forth, but I got something like eight or 10 books. I'm kind of going bouncing back and forth through and doing various things for various reasons. <laughs> I finished Ron Treason, third mm-hmm. book in the Tron series. Tron. Thrawn series. <laughs> this one takes place, I don't know if I said it before, just just near the end of the fourth season of Rebels. It lays down groundwork for things that could happen. Okay, spoilers, because Rebels ended a couple years ago. Thrawn <laughs> is dead. At, shortly thereafter, or shortly after the end of this book, Thrawn dies. So, there's not a lot to do with this character going forward, unless they want... Well, okay, we don't know he's dead, but... His Star Destroyer got sucked into hyperspace with no windows. So, <laughs> strong indication that maybe he's dead. Given that, not a lot they can do with the time, <laughs> with the time frame of this character in the books anymore, <laughs> unless they're going to jump to some point in the future and tell us what happened. Mm-hmm. And I would not be adverse to that because even though the writing of the new universe is kind of bland, Thrawn's still one of my favorites. Listening to uh, Initializing Somnia Online by KT Hanna. Uh, it's a uh, trapped in the MMO game uh, story. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Um, That's fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Lit RPG. Well, in this case, it's trapped in the MMO. It was a toss up between trapped in the MMO or trapped in the RPG. But I decided to go with the MMO just because WoW well, Classic had come out and I was like, ooh, WoW well, Classic. <laughs> oh, trapped in the MMO. Okay. And then I'm listening to uh, Little Heaven by Nick Cutter, which um just not sure how I feel about it. It's good enough for me to keep going, but for the amount of time that I have left, I'm starting to wonder if it's book one of something, in which case I probably won't check out book two, or the end of it is going to be really, really rushed. <laughs> so Little Heaven, it's got a real... Okay, so even though it's set in the modern times post-Korean War, for the most part. It's got kind of a a, uh, a Doomtown Malifaux kind of Old West feel to it. 
So and there's these three professional shooters that come together. They experience a supernatural thing. And then, uh, and, and it's, and it's a, it's a two part storyline, one in the past and one in the current times. And I'm to the point where he's wrapping up the past leading into the events that have been going on. So just a couple chapters in the past, a couple chapters in pleasant past, present, and a big chunk of the past is wrapping up. But as it continues to not quite wrap up, there's less and less <laughs> time for what in theory is the main story because it's happening now. I'm all for it because it's not flashbacks because it's a it's a prehistory and a current. So it's it's not just straight up a flashback, but it's like the flashback is eaten up the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> so it's enjoyable, but I don't know that it's strong enough for me to read a second book. So I I kind of want to finish it now just to see how bad it could be. Not, <laughs> not necessarily how good it could be. I want to finish it off just so I can get to the end. Um, I'm not really invested in anybody. It's, it's enjoyable. He's got a good use of language. His settings and descriptions are pretty good. He hasn't gone out of his way to give evil a reason for being evil. It's just evil. Characters are like, I'm not in love with any of them, but they're all very, each character is different and each character is portrayed fairly uniquely. It's not like GRRM where they were all kind of the same shade of or differing shades of the same color of gray. These are three distinct individuals doing their own things together and solitaire murder. <laughs> um, so yeah, a little heaven by Nick Cutter. Uh, I'm going to finish it and uh, I guess I'll talk about that next time. That, that dude misses calling. I've been writing emo goth literature. Nick Cutter. Nick yeah, Cutter. It's, yeah. It's all right there. Two different ways. I mean, even in the, <laughs> even, even, you can even keep that title. Little F. <laughs> <laughs> what we're playing. Uh, so Dr. Doctor played some of that on vacation, which is a, uh, kind of dex game. Uh, you got a, a bunch of cards that represent different internal organs. You kind of spread out on top of this. They, so they give you a, a plastic tray that all, everything kind of fits in, all the cards and stuff fits in. And, it's kind of cool because then you also take it out, flip it over, and that's your operating table. So that's where you got to spread the cards out on, and then you have the patient card that goes on top of it. And then you have cubes that you get to stack on top of the patient. Um, they give you like these huge wooden cubes for like you know easy mode, and then they give you regular small little wooden cubes for you know hardcore mode, and then they give you those these plastic tweezers. And so, depending on what card you're going for. It's worth a certain number of points, but it also has to have a certain number of cubes stacked on the patient and you have to try it. And it's got a timer and it's like a 30 second timer. Mm. Uh, so you got 30 seconds to get whatever cards and exactly those cards. You can't pull extras, which is how I lost one. I pulled everything. I said, got it. And Meg's like, no, you got two there. And they stuck together. <laughs> and they're like, damn it. But you got to pull the cards you need out to get those points. And then you, you score that one. And then the way your kind of deck repopulates of your choices of what to pick, everything you pulled out gets flipped. And those are the options for the next player to choose which one they want to go for and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Little game. that 30 seconds is brutal though. <laughs> that is, that's brutal. And we played uh Dizzle, which is a roll and write uses regular D sixes and has an, a nice little grid. Um, that's so Dr. Doctor and Dizzle are two of the ones that we want to do videos on this weekend. And it, it's got, it's got like a pad with different difficulties. So we've so far only played like level one 
type game. So, but we, we've enjoyed that one. Played some Knock Knock, which is uh, from our friends at Trinity Craft Games, uh, Matthew and Shane. That one was a huge hit on, on vacation. I actually sent my deck home with my sister uh, and text Matthew and said, when I see him at the end of the month here, I need to buy another copy off of him because I don't have mine anymore now. <laughs> uh, so that was a lot of fun. That's kind of like their version of Uno, mm-hmm. which as you've seen at conventions and stuff, I mean, people really seem to enjoy it and get into it and have a lot of fun with it. That was exactly what happened on our vacation. Everybody was having a blast with it. So see Megan and I also played Dr. Who flux. We got that in. Uh, and then we also saw some of the new fluxes while we were uh, in one of the stores down there. The Jumanji one is supposed to introduce a new card. So we're interested in that. And there's some, some other version coming out. I just told Megan about that she's interested in. So I have to remember what the heck that was now. They've got so many versions of Flux. Uh, and then recently, now that we're back, we've recently started playing Sea of Thieves again, and we've been having a good time. We've, uh, we stopped for quite a while with everything that's been kind of going on. We, we really didn't have time for the two of us to sit down and I haven't really wanted to play solo. And I mean, again, I've been busy. She's been busy. Uh, but once we got back from vacation, we found a couple spots. One of them was last night. We had a, caught a little break. Uh, both of us got done with everything we were doing early. So, uh, we sailed for like two hours. It was nice. Just, uh, nice. Good time. Yeah. We, yeah, they've added a ton of stuff to that game, uh, which is cool. And we're, you know, right now, like the current event going on has everybody going to the same Island. So, uh, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're doing all the stuff that kind of like the the timed rewards or whatever are gone but you can still get like the accommodations and stuff like that so they introduced this thing called tall tales which is kind of like a story driven quest mode so we've been doing a bunch of the tall tales that are from that are already passed and that's been kind of fun like we did one last night that was like rescue the souls of two lost lovers kind of thing and it was pretty cool it's actually my favorite one so far cool um, so yeah, we, we've been having a lot of fun with that. So hopefully we get to continue to play cause it was, it's been nice. Like we, we really enjoyed the last two sessions that, that we were able to play. And it was kind of one of those, why did, why did we not make why time for this earlier? Yeah. That kind of thing. So yeah, that's, that's what I've been playing lately. Yeah. I haven't talked yet, man. <laughs> as you can tell, my brain has stopped working <laughs> it, it, and it stopped right in the middle of this block. <laughs> The wall hit and hit hard and backed up and then hit again. So it was my group's Pathfinder night recently, so we got in some Pathfinder. I broke out Sprawl Ops to my Pathfinder group, and they all liked it. Got in a game of Star Wars Armada with a buddy. Actually taught it. We did a team game. Taught it to two other people, trying to convince the fourth dude that he needs to buy it. Uh, <laughs> if only to have more people to play with, but he's like, no, I don't need Armada in my life. And I'm like, eh, don't you though? <laughs> he says, no, I'm thinking about buying Legion. Oh, well, okay. That's just as good. <laughs> and got in another game of, uh, Battlestar Galactica Starship. Uh, taught it to the same dudes and they're, they're not going to buy into it, but they liked it enough that, um, they'll play with my gear. Yeah. And that's good enough for me. <laughs> so, how, I mean, how is the BSG? I really like it. It's, um, well, it's the whole flight path, wings of war, circle mm, of life. I hate wings of war to be honest. I, but I ever tell you about the first time I played the wings of war? I think Michael was teaching it to me. No, at a picnic. Okay. I it just did not click with me, and it was bothering the hell out of me. And I looked at him. I was, I was like, 
so what happens if I go off the the table? He's like, well, you you lose. I was like, oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was so done. And that, well, I mean, I but I played the what the Star Trek, Star one Trek with you, one, right? Yeah. yeah, and that was okay. But still, that's just I don't know. There's something about that that doesn't jive with me for some reason. I don't mind the flight path version. The the Wings of War with just the cards that didn't quite work as well for me. But what BSG does is it's cards, but all your movement is two pieces. You're you got this little deck, but it's it's not random. You just pick what you want to move. Mm-hmm. And some cards have the first half of your move. Some cards have the second. And so you just, you line them up. Mm-hmm. So everything, it, it seems very slow because the cards are small, but what you actually move compared to your table space, you do get into engagement pretty quickly. And what this has going for it more so than your standard world war one or world war two pilot game is, they did a good job of mechanically giving you the the zero g maneuverability mm-hmm. that they show in BSG. So they've got this drift mechanic. So you know I'm going this way, and much as you see in in the ga- in the show all the time, they just hit their thrusters a little bit and turn around, and suddenly they're backwards, or suddenly they're just kind of strafing. And they have that mechanic too. And there's there's mechanics for. For thrust and acceleration and, you know, G's and stuff like that. So it's, it's sufficiently different from Wings of War, either version or either any of the flight path stuff that is very enjoyable to me. And well, I don't know that it would be as enjoyable if it wasn't BSG, but since mm. I like the, I like BSG that this works well. It's not something that I'm going to dump a lot of money into. Like they're talking about coming out with an actual BSG and maybe a base star. And I'm like, no, I mean, Aries, you do good plastic, but you're pretty darn boutique. Your stuff <laughs> is expensive. So that's going to be several hundred dollar model. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I just bought an SSD. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like it. I think it's good. It's, it's very different in that game setup is how many ships do you want to use? Okay. Uh, <laughs> like every other game that I play is like, it's points and it's mm-hmm. add-ons and it's blah, blah, blah. This is like three ships and one named pilot. Okay. Three <laughs> ships and one named pilot. And the other two pi- ships are going to be generics. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it, it's really, really casual for, uh, for what tends to be like when you look at some of these like hardcore wings of war players, <laughs> I'm like, did you take this to a level that nobody really wanted it to? Cause there's just <laughs> some hardcore people out there. This is pretty casual and it remains casual. You'd have to be a real alpha to try to turn this into a hardcore game because <laughs> it's, it just doesn't have the guts. And somebody just accepted your chance. Yes, yes I'm sure there's going to be a tournament <laughs> in my neighborhood just next week. Uh, so short story long, I like it and I think it works pretty well. Okay. So before we wrap up here, we've talked about it off and on tonight and of course in previous podcasts, but we have started a 10 by 10 challenge. Uh, where we're going to play 10 games 10 times within a year. We started it in September, and so we just got it underway, and we're going to go ahead and list those games for you here and uh, how many plays, if if we've got any in. We're not going to talk about them in depth at all here. Some of these we will be reviewing in the future, though. Uh, so the first five are, uh, we broke it up in five that Jordan and I picked, and Jordan and I will play 
uh, 10 times. And then we've got five that we're playing with Megan and Sarah that uh, the four of us will play 10 times. So overall, it's Jordan and I's 10 by 10, but the the girls picked out some games and, and uh, we're going to play and gives us more excuse. We already have our, our couple's game night, so more excuse for us to get together and actually kind of switch up what we play too a little mm-hmm. bit. All right, so the five that Jordan and I picked, uh, Doomtown, which we haven't played yet, Edge of Darkness, we've played twice, Space Base, we've played once, Clank, uh, and any version of Clank counts because the girls picked one that they decided any version counts, so we took the same rule for our side. Uh, we haven't played Clank uh, with starting in September. Obviously, some of these we have played. And Apocrypha, we haven't played yet. And then the five that we picked with, uh, actually, we, Megan and Sarah picked them, uh, is Wingspan, which we haven't played yet uh, for this. Pandemic Legacy, we've gotten in twice. Takenoko, we haven't played yet. Villainous, we got in once. Uh, so we've played it multiple times, but only once in September here so far. And uh, Escape, again, any version of Escape, because I have the zombie version in the temple of whatever, the cursed temple or whatever it's called. So we're going to play that, but we haven't played that yet either. So. Um, not too bad. We six, we six percent in. Yeah, six, and it's still September as of this recording. <laughs> I don't know. Again, whenever it comes out, but <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's that's our ten by ten. So uh, just roughly, I think at the end of every episode, if we've got it, we'll we'll update our our count as we go along to help us, I guess, with our accountability as well. And and just mention it here, but and some of these again, we will be reviewing. Um, so that's some of the the games that we're getting into play. Uh, not only as part of our 10 by 10 challenge, but to make up our minds about what we think of them for review. All right. So there you go. That will bring us to the end of another episode because Jordan's about to collapse on me. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> Ran over me twice, man. <laughs> Ran over me twice. And with that, I'm Jeff King. And I am the sleepy Canadian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find The Nerd Bite, daily themed updates about several facets of nerddom with main focuses on the Marvel Cinematic Universe and things that fall under the Super Hulak fandom. Also, nerdy adventures, conventions, theme parks, and loot crates. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.
So, game review. Oh, wait a second. No, I've already done the voice. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Going live. You're going to add something now. (laughs) Bitch, it's never easy with you. Heck no. (laughs) Going for 10 interrupts tonight. Uh, That's not the 10 by 10 I want you to participate in. (laughs) 